The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. And I feel like every game we're in the spotlight in the NFL. Uh, you better feel that way uh, when you're in the NFL because you're only one of 32 teams playing. So I feel like every time we play, we're in the spotlight. I know our guys are really excited for this one, and, and to be able to, to play on primetime Thursday night football, um, it's something you always grow up dreaming about. Every year he, he seems to get, get better. Um, he's very smart. He understands where to go with the ball, so you know he's got a real good grasp of that of the offense. Um, and he's accurate. You know, he's a winner. He's a winner. The guy, since he's coming to the NFL, he's won a lot of football games. So he's got real toughness. Uh, they follow him. And, um, you know, as tough of a cover as there is in the NFL. This is a great defense, a great challenge for us early in the season. Um, I'm just sad Khalil came back, man. I thought he was out of the AFC West, and now he's back getting sacks again. Just some of the folks you will see tonight doing their thing. The first short week game of the year, Thursday night football. The Los Angeles Chargers at the Kansas City Chiefs. I love the rhythm. I love the Thursday, Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Sunday, Monday. And it continues through nearly all of the 2022 regular season. Can't wait to watch the game tonight. Can't wait to be able to focus on two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now we know about Patrick Mahomes Justin Herbert is the guy who is gathering more and more buzz all Hold the time on, you're right there it. boss you okay he, he lost his earpiece we are slipping a little bit behind the curtain to let you understand that we communicate through this thing for some of us it's easier to insert it than others apparently and for some of us, maybe our ear canal is so large because our head is so big that it falls right out. I don't know. We'll have Chris when we have Chris. But until we get Chris, let me tell you that the show is Pro Football Talk Live on Peacock, Sirius XM 85, podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and Sky Sports NFL live all season long. And we may have gone a little far yesterday in heaping praise on our Friends in the UK and also I'm back, baby, Ireland and also America to give a wee shout out for the Scots, especially those in Glasgow, Scotland. Our wow. friend Eddie there making us aware that he watches us every morning. And that's awesome. We are very glad that I we love Braveheart make folks over there. OK, it's <laughs> pretty random. But, but it it it's just, we talked about this yesterday how just strange it is in the way that life's dominoes can fall that we are in a position where we're speaking directly to folks all the way on the other side of an ocean not the other side of the world entirely but far away and they enjoy us for some reason but our loyal fans in the United States did not enjoy being neglected and that's a very common dynamic we were smitten with our our new live audience 
we neglected the audience that's been there all along that has supported how dare us for you. years. How dare you? How, how, how dare we forget the folks who have been there plugging away, watching the show, consuming the content. We didn't mean to slight our fans in the U.S., but but the reality is the the they feel slighted. The, they, they do. They you do feel slighted. Good. I know. We have to make <laughs> amends. So we're we're sorry on behalf of Chris and everyone connected to the operation. We're sorry that if we went so far yesterday in applying our lips to the buttocks of our new friends on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean, we failed to properly acknowledge that we still love and respect and care about each and every. One of you. I'm having flashbacks to the day we did the romper room mirror. I need to start rattling off names of folks out there. Well, maybe that's like another so thing that we could do in the off season. Like you know, every now and then, like you know, random. Let's go to a city somewhere, and I don't know. You know, do the show from there. A team no, is, no, no, no. That's no. not happening. No, because I'd have to leave my house. I, no. I know. I, no. I figured. Yes, that's very hard for you to do. <laughs> we did do. In Miami before Super Bowl fifty four, four, right? We did that show in a bar there, and that was an experience. That was a fun night. That was a podcast, right? That. Yeah, right. Podcast, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, the live show. The live show is harder to pull off because it's seven in the morning in the East. You get out of this time zone. Yeah, you're all right. Of a I don't want to do more it challenging. Else. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. So we Thank would you. have to do. I don't want to start down this path because I don't want to do it. It's easier to just talk to everybody from here than to talk face to face with certain people out there. Although we will go to London at some point. And I made the mistake of saying that yesterday because now there's this battle between London is good, London is bad in my email inbox. But I'll 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 deal with that. It's actually kind of entertaining. I've sent some of the emails that I got yesterday Chris to you and the other folks connected with the show and it's it's just good to know that people watch and that people care because it's easy to get caught up in your little cocoon you don't know all i know is i sit here in front of this microphone with the lights on and talk i don't i don't know who's paying attention to it it's 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 nice to know that people are watching that people enjoy it and for some people it's just that little glimmer we talk about this when times are tough and right now they they don't seem any tougher than they've otherwise been maybe we're just used to it like slipping into a very hot bathtub but it's nice to give people during their own personal struggles or broader issues an escape and that's what we do it's an escape for me i know it helps keep me sane yeah i'm with you mike i mean yeah i uh i, I love talking on this show i love talking ball I love talking with you it's it, it does it becomes addicting to a degree so I, I i understand people wanting to watch and everything like that but you know, yeah, you're not leaving, so we're gonna have to do it here. But you know, oh, you're, you, but, 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 but London is possible. But that's 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 possible. I like how you say that time zone. So, what about East Coast though? You're not willing to do anything there. Like, if we went up to Boston or you know somewhere else, you're not cool with that. Like, you're not, you don't want to deal with that. Boston might not like us there, anyways. Well, they may not like you. Yeah, they don't like me. I, I don't know. Maybe they do. I don't know. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Because, uh, well, maybe they do, maybe they don't. <laughs> uh, well, let's, let's have the conversation off air. Because the problem is you'll push me to the point where I will write a check that I have no desire to ultimately cash. Yes, I so hear you. So we'll table that discussion for a different time. For now, though, the shared addiction that we all have that has you here listening and watching is the fact that there's NFL football tonight. The Chargers... 1-0 against the Chiefs, 1-0. This is a great game that oh, will man. echo through the schedule. Remember, there was that Thursday night game between these two teams in Arrowhead in 2018 where it looked like after the Chargers won, they were seizing the one seed That's that right. year. Right. They stumbled on a Saturday against the Ravens, a team they would beat in the wild card round, but they stumbled at home on a Saturday against the Ravens. I remember Mike Tirico on the call of that game. It was one of the Saturday night end of season college football is over games and if the Chargers win that game the road to the Super Bowl that year goes through LA goes through the 30,000 seat soccer, soccer stadium, stadium right they right. were playing in at the time so this is a huge game I almost wish this one wasn't happening this early yeah this feels like one that should happen later in the year but I'll take it I'll take it it's a huge game and 
I think it was handpicked by the NFL to ensure that maximum people will sign up for Amazon Prime Video, make sure they know how to get to it, and get there tonight. And I hope they're right because I got a feeling they haven't done enough to get the word out, Chris. Well, you're. I mean, it, it, I'm with you there. It's not like in your face all the time to where when you said it yesterday, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. This game's on Amazon on Thursday. And, I mean, I'm paying attention to a lot of NFL content on a daily basis, so – it doesn't seem like the word's out there maybe like you want it to be. But the word is out there on these two teams, and the word is out there on these two quarterbacks, where I think that's where people are going to go, wait, Thursday night football's on as the day goes on, and they're going to figure it out because, you know, like you said, it's special. We talked about it yesterday. It is kind of stinky that it's this early on, but it is also awesome that it's the first short week, and we get to see these two teams – who have kind of rebuilt themselves to a degree in the offseason. And then, you, I mean, Mike, I, you know, I, I know you don't do a quarterback ranking and like I do every year, but I don't think you're going to disagree that this are, for my money, two of the three best quarterbacks in the game. You know, we add in Josh Allen in the mix, and, hey, I don't really care how you rank them. You know, to me, it's Mahomes and Allen one and two, and then Herbert is three. And it, that's where I'm excited to watch. This is special, special football play. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's like the artiste, right? He can make all these crazy throws off his back foot. He's got a flair and just a style about him that's infectious and awesome. And then you got Justin Herbert, who, like, I, I want to call the machine. Like, he just, he's in the pocket, and he stands there. And if you give him a little room, it's, oh, whoa, I'm going to throw strikes and hit the bullseye every time. He's always in perfect form, like you see there, unless somebody's ripping his leg off, as we saw in that play there. But... He's just absolutely um, remarkable throwing the football. And then when I say that as a machine, he can do this stuff right here. He is athletic. He can turn the corner and run for a 20-yard gain. But it's those throws that are Mahomes and Josh Allen-like right there where you're just a laser down the middle of the field to Keenan Allen running a deep cross. This one setting up his feet, throwing another 30-yarder. You know, when you break him down, sometimes you watch the game, and it's like Mahomes where you just go, oh, my gosh. He made so many game-changing throws or game-changing plays, and you don't even give it credit anymore because we're just like kind of like expect it from these guys. Uh, and that's where it's going to be fun to see this go off. Mahomes has a chip on his shoulder. I think you agree with that. Herbert, I think, is quiet but wants to be the best quarterback in football, and that's where it makes this matchup awesome. Spread the ball around to a bunch of yes, guys. My goodness, I'm looking at this now. I know. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys caught passes in week one. The victory over the Oak. I started yeah. to say Los Angeles. Then I started to say Oakland. Now I said it right. Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Keenan Allen, you mentioned yeah. him. He mm -hmm. is out for tonight's game with the hamstring injury. We played the sound from Coach Brandon Staley earlier this week. It was pretty clear that he's not coming back on a short week from a hamstring. There are degrees, and, but the hamstring takes time. Four days, I don't care what the degree is. I don't care how mild it is. After four days, you're not going to be good to go. You're not going to be able to run full speed, so they're going to have to make do without him. But uh, they, they, did, they, did, they did get it done. They still got it done. There are plenty of other guys yes, that, can, uh, that can make the, the catches, and Austin Eckler uh, is available. I think the running game is important in this. I... I, I I struggle with the strategy of if you're the Chargers, do you try to shorten the game? Do you try to slow it down when you've got Justin Herbert? No. Or do you just go full out, all in? If it's 38-35, so be it. Yeah, I think that's the case. I, you go down swinging with your best player, and, then, and their best player is Justin Herbert, and you know, I, I know you agree with that. Mike, I think you know this is the – like the, the case that just kind of hits you in the face where you go, wait, we got the Chiefs, kings of the AFC for a while, kings of the AFC, I mean, AFC for a while, kings of the AFC West for, I mean, we're getting to what, a, a decade here? They've won seven in a row, right? Where they've won the AFC West. Here is your case of a team in the division slowly being built over the last few years to we just got to beat the Chiefs. If we just hold ourselves to the Chiefs standard, we'll be in the we'll be in the elite of the AFC. And I think that's what's cool about this too. They the last few years to me have built a team to just go, "Wait, 
we got to get pass rushers to contain this freaking 15 in red and white and all the magic he does. So, oh, hey, hey, we got Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. That's awesome. And then, as you have always said, within that, you got to still be able to match them with points. I mean, you know, every now and then we've seen a team slow it down and do that. But for the most part, like when teams, when you play the Chiefs, it's like, oh, the game's slow and they slow it down. But the Chiefs scored 31 still or 28 still. You're still going to have to put up points. And so they're built on that side too. They're built to get in a shootout. And then I think when you couple the fact that they got a very good offensive line with the Chargers now and they can really pass protect, I'm not sold on their run game, but I don't think they really care, kind of like the Chiefs. They're just going to run it every now and then to keep you honest. And that's where I look at it and just go, I think we could see fireworks tonight. You know, I know there's some good pass rushers on both sides of the ball, but I think there's some good offensive linemen on both sides of the ball that can negate that. And then it gets into secondary playmaking, you know, scheme, who does something creative that way. And that's what I'm going to be interested to see in the matchup. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know, Mike. I, I'm one that, you know, you go down with your best guy here and, and you get in the, if you got to get in the shootout, do it. They weren't scared to do it last year, and they went into Kansas City early in the year last year when the Chiefs were still kind of finding their way for the season and pulled off an upset and were very aggressive. And I don't expect them to be much different tonight. Well, and that's what they are under Coach Brandon Staley. They are aggressive, and there is a sense of urgency for the teams chasing the Chiefs to take their cuts and try to get them while they can. But last year, there was that sense the Chiefs were sleepwalking early in the year, and they were vulnerable, and they had regressed back, and then they found their rhythm and their groove again. And now, right out of the gates, they have the huge game against the Cardinals, and they seem like the team that they've consistently been since Patrick Mahomes became the starting quarterback. I mean, the key for the Chiefs was Andy Reid. He gets fired by the Eagles after more than a decade there. Right. Just as the Chiefs are looking for a coach, and it was a perfect marriage. And they've been great for a decade now with Andy Reid as the head coach. And again, it helps to have Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback. They don't have Tyree Kill. Here's Brandon Staley, coach of the Chargers, from earlier this week on defending the Chiefs' offense without Tyreek Hill as a member of it. I mean, as you guys saw in the first game, I mean, not a lot different because they're still, you know, the the formula is still there for them. And uh, it starts with, with Pat. Um, and it starts with that offensive line to me. You know, when they built that offensive line the way they did, I think they give their, their quarterback an even better chance to, to be the best version of himself. And, and then what they do is they, you know, they, they have, you know, eight to ten players that they can get the ball to now. And, um you know, I think that that makes you um, even more difficult to defend, you know, and because you have to be aware of everybody, you know, and sometimes when there's a spotlight on an individual player, um, you can put a roof over that guy, um, you know, and uh, I just think that they're, they're a complete offensive football team. And since Andy's been coaching, that's how it's always been. And uh, we have full respect for their team. And, uh, you know, I think that um, they certainly earned it and they showed in the first game why they should have everyone's full respect. You know, in addition, Chris, to getting the ball to the various receivers, the fact that the running game had over 120 yards I know. three different tailbacks. Isaiah Pacheco had 62 rushing yards on 12 carries and a touchdown. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had he, he 42 good. rushing yards, and he had 32 receiving yards and a pair of touchdowns right. in the passing game. Jarek McKinnon, 22 rushing yards. So they they are taking full advantage and making full use of their weapons, and it doesn't entail any pressure at all on the team or on Mahomes to get the ball to a certain guy. Everybody seems to be perfectly happy with whatever role they have. And I think what Mahomes said last week about, hey, sorry, fantasy football players, one week it's going to be this guy, one week it's going to be yeah, that right, guy. I think right. you got a bunch of guys who are content to wait their turn, and uh-huh. they know their week is going to come. There's going to be a game where the matchups and the game plan and the way the game develops favors them getting more opportunities than they would. So they're always ready for that moment to just kind of fall out of the sky. A hundred percent. You know, the one thing they know, Mike, to your point, is that they're, they're going to be drop back. They're going to drop back and throw the ball, and it's going to be about forty times every game. 
and they know right now with the way the offense is, and none of them are that like superstar, got to get the ball to this guy other than Travis Kelsey, and he's the underneath guy more times than not, that they know that they're going to have their times. They're going to get you know a few opportunities in every game, and then there's going to be that game every now and then where it's like, whoa, I got seven or eight catches in this football game. Smith-Schuster was that guy last week to a degree. You know, early on, he was catching the ball. Kelsey's always the guy that is the hardest matchup because they send the speed of McCole Hardman and Valdez Scantling and Smith-Schuster down the field, and they're running all these crazy routes, and they clear the coverage out, and then that leaves Kelsey underneath one-on-one against a linebacker who's lesser than him in pass coverage. So that's where they're beautiful that way. And, Mike, to like you're saying again, you know, I know we've talked about this a lot over the last month, but there is something to where, you know, as much as Brandon Staley probably was like, man, Tyree Kill defending him, it's a pain in the butt, I bet you still there's a part of him that goes, yeah, but when they had Tyree Kill, I could pin them to things. You know, I've had these conversations with coaches before, you know, where – Hey, you know, I, sometimes the defensive coordinator likes when that team has that guy because they just go, wait, I kind of know what he's going to do when they have that guy. Now we, we don't. And that was the, the point I was trying to make, you know, kind of throughout the, uh, the offseason a little bit. I know it stinks to not have Tyreek Hill. He's awesome. But I do think it, to your point, you know, opens up the offense, doesn't put the pressure on Mahomes. They can go, wait, one play will put Valdez Scantling in the – Tyreek spot from last year and then the next play he'll be out wide and he'll go oh wait they're gonna go to the Tyreek play where Valdez but Valdez Scanlings outside oh no no wait McCole Hardman's inside here now and doing the Tyreek Hill thing so that's my point there to where it might make it hard on certain situations or for Brandon Staley and company to make a a defensive call on third and six and go wait I want to double somebody here but it's like wait who do I double what guy is it that they're gonna feed here or what play is it gonna gonna be so I do think there's some advantages of of that whole situation um, as far as the Chiefs are concerned and especially it being early in the year without any tells quite yet or you know enough info by by these coaches to know exactly what a team does like you always talk about week four week five when it starts to become a dictionary of like oh okay wait we got some patterns here we can tell that that's not available tonight and especially in a short week that makes it hard um so that's where it's going to be fun too but I will say this too Mike I would think this is a game that they knew it was coming all year and I would think there's going to be some tricks in the bag here to where, like, they're going to do some things that they didn't do last week, but they pre-planned it, you know, throughout training camp and stuff to, like, let's put this in and work on it a little bit for the Kansas City game in week two. Let's put this defense in. And I think you could see some curveballs like that on both sides of the ball for both of these teams tonight. Well, here's one of the questions as well. Last year, the theme early in the season was don't blitz Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He was facing an extra rusher only 12.6% of the time. That was the the lowest of any quarterback in the NFL. Right. Against the Cardinals, and this comes from the Next Gen Stats yeah. account owned and operated by the NFL, he was blitzed 54% of the time on his draft uh, dropbacks. That was the first time in his career he faced blitzes more than half the time, and he threw four touchdown passes against the Blitz. So when you've got Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, yes, it's kind of like what we saw last Thursday night from the Bills against the Rams. Maybe you can get by without sending extra guys. You know those extra guys aren't going to get home before Mahomes finds the guy who's open thanks to the imbalance in the devotion of resources to the rush versus coverage. So let's just go with four, drop seven, and, and hope that Khalil Mack or Joey Bosa can get home before Mahomes can get rid of the ball. Yeah, I I, I think precisely. I, I do. That that's the teams we've seen that have given him trouble, right? It's the teams that, you know, third and seven, rush three, that can be a pain in the butt, have a guy more, you know, playing some crazy coverages and a guy in the middle of the field kind of lurking in case Mahomes breaks the pocket or run. And then that goes back to the point I was saying earlier. They're, they're built for this game. They're built for this matchup. They're trying to dethrone the king of the AFC, not let alone the AFC West. And that's where it is cool to see. And, and you know, with that, I think the other thing that, you know, as, a, as, as it goes to the Cardinals game last week, 
hey, a few of those touchdown passes were on the one or two yard line, right? So Arizona was playing goal line defense and trying to stop a lot of things and force the hand of the Chiefs there and stuck in a tough situation. But, you know, I don't expect to see blitzes from the Chargers tonight. Not like last week. You know, again, the Arizona football team, they, early on, you know, they, they were down. They blinked their eye, and it was 14 nothing. Kyler Murray had been on the field for three plays, and then when he got on the field for play number four, he was down 14 nothing. You know, that, that, that's, that's crazy. So that forced the, the Cardinals to start to, well, we got to make a play. They're slowly picking us apart, let alone, I think, back to the point you're making, the Cardinals, they don't have a pass rusher. They have nobody in their front seven that you go, oh, well, these three or four, if we just rush them, they'll get home on Patrick Mahomes. There's nobody. You know, there, there's nobody to speak of in that manner. And then J.J. Watt wasn't even playing. So I think Vance Joseph, defensive coordinator of the Cardinals, was stuck in a little bit of a spot to go like, I don't want to blitz him, but if I don't, we're not good enough. He'll sit there all day, bake a cake, bake some donuts, and then throw a 70-yard pass. And Brandon Staley hopefully will not have the luxury, or he'll have the luxury of not having to do that tonight, let alone he's got some athletic defensive tackles in the middle too. That's right. I'm excited to see that Chiefs O-line versus Chargers D-line. That's kind of a clash of the Titans right there. That's going to be fun to watch. And that's going to be the key. Now, remember, in Super Bowl 55, it was that formula. Go after Mahomes with the Tampa Bay front that's four. Right. and not. But, but he, was, he was injured then. Yeah. He was not able to run away from the pressure the way that maybe he can run away from it tonight. 49ers did it, too, and they had him down 10 yeah. in the fourth quarter, right? They're the same way. It was Nick Bosa and D Ford and, you know, that company there, and Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner, right? And the whole crew was there. To where they could do the same thing too. We've seen that's given them problems. There's no question. And then I think when you add on a Sebastian Joseph Day, who they got, you know, in the off season from the Los Angeles Rams, and Brandon Staley knows what he's all about. You know, they got some some people in the middle of their defense that can be be a pain in the butt. And uh, that's that that's you know that'll be cool to see because, like Brandon Staley said, I think this Chiefs O line is pretty damn special and pass protecting. It's it's the red wall right now. And, uh, you know, of course, with that and Mahomes' movement makes it very hard to stop them. Before we pivot to some other things, because we're going to circle back to this game later in the program, we're going to have a matchup draft as we do on Thursdays. I do want to just talk for a minute or two about this new experiment, this new reality for the NFL, because it's not a short-term thing on which they will pull the plug if it doesn't work. Amazon has the rights for like 11 years for Thursday night football as a streaming product except in the markets belonging to the teams that are playing in the games. I really do wonder, Chris, if they've done enough to get enough people aware of what is coming tonight. And I say that because I I have obtained an internal communication from NFL Network to its on-air and off-air people just urging them to – to post on social media today about Thursday Night Football and Prime. And, hey, NFL's being a good partner, helping out Amazon Prime, but NFL helps itself by getting maximum numbers here. The NFL wants the numbers, the ratings, the streams for this to be as high as possible. But think of it this way. If you're already following somebody who's on NFL Network, you're already a football fan who probably knows about the fact that the game's on Amazon Prime tonight. Don't market to the people who already know. You got to market to the people who don't know. You got to find a way to get the word out to the average person who is inclined to watch the game but isn't so caught up in the coverage of it and the ins and outs and the wrinkles and the news and the developments to understand that tonight it's not going to be on Fox. That's the sweet spot, and I have a feeling there's a lot of people there, so they need to fish where the fish they're trying to catch are. they got plenty of fish in the boat. There's plenty of people who know about it who are going to watch the game. But to get anywhere close to $10 million, which I think is not going to happen, I, I've, I've heard the, you know, the speculation from people in the know, 5 to $7 million on a good night is what Amazon is going to get, which is a far cry from what Fox was getting on a three-letter over-the-air network. They, they just have not done nearly enough to put the full court press on the people out there who are in position to get Amazon Prime, watch Amazon Prime, but may not be 
even remotely aware that they need to do it tonight if they want to see Chargers Chiefs. So it's going to be interesting to see what the numbers are because I, I just would have assumed between the power of the NFL and the power of Amazon, it would have been everywhere. It would, we'd be saturated with information and and alerts and news and just in your face everywhere you turn that you better tune into Amazon tonight if you want to see the game. So yeah. interesting, yeah. interesting approach to say the least, on what they've done to try to get the word out because I just don't think they've done nearly enough. Well, I mean, I hear you. It's probably going to catch some people by surprise, but I will say, like, I got some boxes at the house yesterday, right? What's that going to do, though? I got the box, too. The grill? You know, what, what the hell is that grill going to no, do? No, I'm going to say... Is had, that what you got? No, no. I just... We, we don't... Oh. We're, we're steady users of Amazon Prime and oh, my wife... Oh, those boxes. Wife shopping. Oh, I didn't get a grill. Can someone send me a grill, yeah. though? What the hell? I, I want a grill, too. But either way... They- they no, have the, me, I, uh, the box that says Thursday night football, Amazon Prime, and we were not ordering anything that was football related. So, you know, again, and also the world is going this way. The world is going this way to where maybe they don't get that magic number right away, but and everybody is going to smart TVs and, you know, Apple TVs and whatever, anything that has all these different apps to go there. And I have no doubt that that number will get where they want it. You know, again, the people who. There's going to be some people surprised tonight, but that that's on them a little too. You know, again, you're 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 a casual oh. fan. You like Thursday night football. You got to pay attention to where the game is, and this has been in the news for a while. You know, so I, it, yeah, I don't I, worry about it. I don't know, not like you. Well, and if you if you go to Amazon at all today, that's what you're going to see. I don't know if you can see it on the screen there, but it's the full takeover of the Amazon. Page. There you go. And, right. Uh, so so anybody who uses. Amazon is going to know about it. The, the challenge is going to be the people out there who don't have an Amazon Prime account, don't even know what it is, don't know how to get it, don't have a TV that has an Amazon Prime app on it where you just press the button and, and you have it on the same TV you would watch any other football game. That's what's going to be a challenge for a lot of people. And there's going to be a lot of frustrated older people as the day goes by. And I've been... I've been saying this for weeks, and I fully expect. Well, a phone get call your older people friends and together and get today. them going, Mike. Let's go. Well, well, Come on, old timer, get them not, going. Get the word out there. <laughs> well, well, uh, but but the thing about the grill, like they said, I don't think this is any secret. It wasn't off the record. Like they sent to a bunch of people in the media this giant heavy box that had a bunch of stuff in it, including a portable gas grill with a Thursday night football logo wow. on it. Wow, and. But what's that going to do? Like, is that some kind of clumsy way to bribe us to? And we're the ones that are that are already aware. We yeah, already know. Like clearly not working with you to bribe to give them a lot of love here. Clearly I, didn't well, put I, you over the edge. <laughs> I, it's funny. I, I was thinking recently about the line from uh, Michael Clayton where he says, "I'm not the guy you kill. I'm the guy you buy. I'm not the guy you buy, and I hope I'm not the guy you kill." But but it just that doesn't work. That that stuff doesn't work on me because I know I'm being played. So I kind of, if anything, it makes me go the other way. And 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 I just I I just want to say, look, I I expect the richest and most powerful organizations in America to know how to figure out something that to me seems fairly obvious. You got to get the attention of the people who aren't going to realize what's going on. And um, I I haven't sensed that there's been that that effort and we'll see we'll see what the numbers are we'll see how it goes but it is an ultra long-term play the world is moving towards streaming so you better get there and let's face it as time goes by the older people who have no idea that the game's gonna be on amazon prime they're gonna be gone and their spots are gonna be filled with people who are fully aware of it so in time the numbers will max out maybe close to what they were on fox maybe but it's gonna take some time to get there it is. It is. But I don't I don't you know, I don't know when when two kings collaborate like Amazon and, and the NFL. I just yeah. OK, maybe not at first. I just I have confidence that it'll get done. I and it's, I just I expected I expected more up until now. And I just really wonder whether it's the priority that it needs to be for Amazon. Right. Given what they're they're spending on this. But they spend a lot of money on a lot of stuff. I mean, that Lord of the Rings show, they paid like between five and six hundred million just for the ability to make the show, just to get the rights from the estate of J.R.R. Tolkien. 
they paid between wow. half a billion and six hundred million. Dropping the so bucket. So money's falling from the sky for them. So I, but but we'll see. Again, I showed you the the startup page for Amazon. They're I will say, what the hell, Amazon? Sure Why didn't I get a grill? What the hell? I mean, I'm in the media. I'll give you mine. <laughs> I'll bring mine. I'll bring mine to you. When yeah, I come sure. Up yeah. Next oh, week. yeah. That's right. I, how about up. that? I'll bring you my grill if you do the show Monday. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know about that one. <laughs> Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win. Defeating every shifting threat. Protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The Green Bay Packers facing the Chicago Bears on Sunday Night Football on NBC, which we don't need to worry about getting the word out on that. Aaron Rodgers trying to get the word out to everyone on what needs to happen as he and his young receivers get on the same page because it's pretty clear as of right now they're not. Here's Aaron Rodgers from yesterday. I mean, I got to play the same way. You know, I'm, I don't. I don't play the way I played in 2011. It's, you know, I got to. I got to play on time, and guys got to get open. Uh, so no, I'm not going to change the way I play. We just have to realize who's out there who we're throwing to and how we're going to actually make some hay and score some points. I didn't lose a fumble all last year uh, and hadn't thrown a pick in a division game in, I don't know, a while. Uh, so that's kind of the standard that I hold myself to, regardless of who's out there with us. Um, so that's why that's frustrating. You know, I don't look at it as Tay's not here. I got to, you know, do even more, play perfect football. I've just always held myself to a standard of taking care of the football, and that wasn't good enough on Sunday. You know, at first I thought he was going to, in a roundabout way, blame the receivers for the fact that he didn't have his usual perfect outing against a division rival. At least he acknowledges that it is on him to a certain extent, that he had the fumble. He got devoured by Vikings defenders at a time when it felt like the Packers were trying to push the, the pendulum the other way. Oh, yeah. And... You know, with the interception, you just never know because, he, he, look, th- th- again, this is why he should have been there for the offseason program. This is why he should have had his receivers. Take him to Peru for some ayahuasca. I don't know, but you, you got to get to the point where you know where the windows are. You know where you can place the ball. You know who you can trust and who you can't trust. I remember when everybody was losing their minds because Marcus Mariota, when he was a rookie with the Titans, he didn't throw an interception. He went umpteen practices without an interception. Rogers said at the time, I want to throw interceptions in practice because I need to know who I can trust and where to put the football. And and again, they had an opportunity in training camp to get there, but it clearly wasn't enough. And uh, I, I think they'll be fine, but you, you can't just piss away games. Sorry, Scotland. In September, and just assume everything will work out and you'll be the one seed again. No, that game you lose in September can bite you in the butt in January when it's time to figure out whether you're home or on the road or a buy or no buy. And they just need they need to figure it out. But and, and I think I mean, they should be fine against the Bears. All due respect to the Bears. But alarms are going to go off if they look the way they did at home against Chicago, the way they looked on the road in Minnesota. Yeah, I, I agree. I wouldn't be surprised if Chicago hangs around and makes things interesting there. And they got a good defensive coach. And let's not forget, you know, the Bears offensive coordinator came from Green Bay. He's going to be able to tell Eberflus and go, hey, he, when they get in this formation, they want to do this. Rodgers likes to check to this when you do this. They're going to they're gonna be ready for it. You know, I, I got questions about the Packers. I got questions about Green Bay. I do. You know, I challenge Aaron Rodgers to go. I, I think he does got to play different than he's been playing as of late. I do. With this group, Yes. You know, I, yeah, there was the play. He he took some hits. There's no doubt about that. I understand that. The play where he gets strip sack fumbled, and we showed a second ago, where Z, you know Zadarius Smith runs over the guard and then runs over AJ Dillon. You know, he's got Christian Watson going down the middle post, and it, it's that's who he's going to throw to. I mean, I don't know if he's going to catch it or he's going to throw the ball on the money, but if he if it's on the money and he catches it, it's going to be a touchdown. But my my major point here is, you know, 
This is a team that's good. You've heard, we know that. We've talked about it. You've heard me over the last, you know, year or two go, I, I, you know, I don't know if they can win the Super Bowl by just being like efficient and we're going to stay ahead of the chains and do all that. You know, they, they sometimes look like they want to play a style like the Patriots played in like 2016, 2017. And I want to go, well, your offense is just not as good as the Patriots was. The Patriots offense was very creative with McDaniels and they could be in third and five and always have a play to get the first down or whatever. My issue, and I said this on my podcast yesterday because we have my, you know, what the F happened Wednesday podcast where I break down a lot of film is it's the throws he doesn't make that bother me. That's what bothers me about Green Bay. And what I mean by that, and you heard me say this when I did my quarterback rankings and went back and watched film and we showed some clips from the 49ers game where, you know, it is too much about efficiency and completion percentage. And, you know, you just brought up, yeah, I want to throw some interceptions in practice. He might need to throw a few more interceptions in the game this year. You know, again, the, team, the teams that went to the Super Bowl uh, uh, last year, he led the league in interceptions. Brady was, you know, double-digit interceptions. I don't look at that necessarily as always a bad thing. It means they're being very aggressive and putting pressure on the defense. Rodgers, in my opinion, you know, especially against the good defenses, doesn't put enough pressure on them anymore. It's too dink and dunk, the offense. And, yeah, the offense is part of that, but Rodgers is part of that too. There was a handful of plays in that game where I went, you're Aaron Rodgers. That guy's open 15 yards down the middle. The protection's pretty good. You need to throw that ball. You got to throw that ball. And you can't go, oh, wait, oh, look, I looked here. Now my second read's over the middle, and he's open, but I don't know what he does, and he throws the ball back into the flat or to the swing route or whatever. You know, it's too conservative that way. And if they want to win and be the number one seed this year, I would say that he can't play that way because the receivers are not good enough. I don't think their running game is, like, special, like it's the 49ers or anything like that, and they're going to take over that way. So I'm interested to see how this goes as the year goes along. Yeah, I know he'll be efficient and good against the crappy teams of the NFL, the lesser defenses of the NFL, but you and I, we're holding Green Bay to the Super Bowl standard. And that, that to me, is where – he is not on the level anymore of Mahomes, Josh Allen, or Justin Herbert. He's just not. And, I, I, and you know I love Aaron Rodgers, but I love to keep it real more. I mean, he's my favorite quarterback of all time, but he's not on their level. Those guys go, oh, wait, uh, the first read wasn't open. Okay, wait, okay, I still got time. Let me, I'm going to put pressure on the defense and make them regret you know, not doing something different or leaving this guy open down the middle. And to me, that's uh, something to watch for, at least in Green Bay. Mike, sorry to talk so long, but I had a lot to say there. What they did to start the game. Yeah. Right. The go route by Christian Watson. I almost wonder, Chris, yeah. whether they specifically planned that play. They selected that play. That wasn't an audible. That was something they meant to do. Right out of the gates. No they doubt. had known for days, if not weeks, if not months, that they were going to let Christian Watson run right by Patrick Ooh, Peterson. He looks good. And they were going to get a touchdown on the first play. Yep. And it was going to be on a deep attacking ball, and maybe that would coax Aaron Rodgers to go down the field more often. Maybe. I can't help but wonder whether or not there is a broader push and pull going on here between coaching staff and Aaron Rodgers to get him to pull the trigger. And see, this is one of the realities of the coaching staff being caught in the middle of the dysfunction that I think still lingers to a certain extent between Rodgers and the front office. They probably tiptoe around him. They probably kid-glove treatment him more than they should. Like, nobody wants to say something to Aaron Rodgers that's going to piss him off. And, and every once in a while, you need somebody who's willing to be a jerk to say and to just challenge him, to press his buttons. You're Aaron Rodgers for crying out loud. Throw the ball down the field. Exactly Who right. Who cares if you throw an interception? Yeah. Who cares if when you're watching the game back, you don't hear Joe Buck and Troy Aikman fawning all over you for having 62 touchdown passes against five interceptions over the last 37 regular season games? Exactly. Who gives a crap about any of that? Uh, that's, I'm with you there. I'm, that, that, that's, that's the point. That's, the, that's what I'm talking about. You know, that's where to me I've gotten great respect for Brady because I feel like there was a time in his career where he did he he did care about that a little, and then he finally went, "What? Why do I care? I can still throw you know lasers and bombs all over the football field, and defenses are more scared, and it makes my life easier." 
You know, again, I, I'm one of those that, oh, if you're throwing for 71%, you threw only four or five interceptions during the year, you didn't take enough chances. You're not aggressive enough. That, that to me, is life in the NFL right now. Yeah, maybe if you get on a great team that's just unbelievable system, the team's so great, maybe, maybe you can play that efficient way of, okay, dink here, dunk here, dink here. Oh, look, I threw for 70%. You know, but that's, to me, where Burrow's special. Burrow threw for 70%. But it was also one of the NFL league average leaders in yards per pass and yards per attempt. And he was pushing the ball down the field. That's why that was special to me. It was like, whoa, he was accurate and throwing high-level passes on a consistent basis. And, uh, you know, as we've talked about a lot, the number one thing in, you know, a football game in determining, yeah, win or loss, I know is the turnover margin. hundred. I get it. The second thing, though, is explosive plays and 20-plus yard plays. And to me, that's where, again, the Mahomes, the Josh Allens, the Justin Herberts, the Joe Burrows of the world right now, man, you watch a game with them and you go, oh, well, he threw five interceptions, five, turned the ball over five times in a game, but still made so many unbelievable great throws and great plays that there they were able to win the game because it's just explosive play here, explosive play there. They change field position. The defense has to adjust the way they play because they're going, oh, man, he's always looking for just the hammer shot here. We we can't play this aggressive defense or whatever, and and to me that's where you know Rodgers and Green Bay to me missed the ball a little bit, and and I gotta think Lafleur wants him to push the push the limit, you know, play to the edge a hair more, uh, and I think he's gonna have to this year. There was a game analyst who was a former player, and I can't remember the guy's name. And he used to get dragged in the early days of social media. It would be far worse if he was calling games now. But I remember that he tried to articulate this point, and it was in a very clumsy, clunky way. But the message was basically, don't be afraid to throw the ball down the field. Because three things can happen. Your guy can catch it, right. which is very good. It goes incomplete, which so what? And if it gets intercepted, it's like a punt. There's so, something to, and pass interference, which we know is going to be called. Well, that's right. Right. Throw in number four, the possibility that you're going to draw a flag. Exactly right. And, and there, there was a throw Russell Wilson made the other night, which was not to me a very surgical attempt to complete the football, but it was close enough that his guy got shoved and he drew a flag. Yeah. And that that's the other thing. So four things can happen. Two of them are good. One of them can happen anywhere on the field, an incompletion. And if it's an interception, it's like a punt. Yes. So why not? Why not? And it's the threat of it that makes it easier to do all the other stuff. A hundred percent. That's what it is. That's right, Mike. That's right. And then it lends to better play in big game football because now that good defense isn't always going, wait, they're going to throw it short. It's going to be dink and dunk. We can play downhill. They got to back off. And, you know, to make my point here, you know, here we go. Let's just look at look at the names here of Brady through twelve, Stafford through seventeen, Herbert through fifteen, Patrick Mahomes through thirteen. Okay, um, Josh Allen through fifteen last year, Joe Burrow through fourteen. You know, and I know Aaron Rodgers through only four, but that goes back to my point of okay, that's great and fine and dandy. When you're playing, you know, the Bears or the Lions of 2021. But when you want to beat the 49ers and some of the other really good teams in football here down the stretch and all that, that's to me where, you know, they dropped the ball right now. And to me, that's where some of the other guys I just mentioned who have double-digit interceptions, they're scarier to play because of that. And they, and I think they put more fear into defenses as, as of right now because they're going, oh, man. He's looking for the 40-yarder. He's looking for the 40-yarder, and he's going to stay in the pocket for an extra half a second waiting for it to come and open. And then if it's not there, he'll throw dink and dunk passes. And to me, there's a difference in that style of football play. I was a little startled to hear last Thursday night during the opener that Matthew Stafford tied for the league lead in interceptions last year with Trevor Lawrence at 17. I was surprised that the high wasn't above 20, right? 
But still, I was surprised that Stafford and Lawrence tied. But but again, who cares? The Rams won the Super Bowl. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They don't take the trophy away from you because you tied for the league lead in interceptions. It happens. And I, I agree with you completely. There is some weird aversion that Aaron Rodgers has to having those numbers show up. And maybe it's just a, a little wrinkle in his ultra-sensitivity. He doesn't want to give anybody fodder well, to criticize him, yeah. so he's not going to throw those interceptions because he doesn't want to be the guy who's on the graphic that shows the most interceptions thrown in a given season, even if one of those guys wins the Super Bowl. I, I, I think so. I do think there's. this is kind of like part of his legacy, right? He's not going to catch Brady as far as winning Super Bowls, but the one thing he is going to be viewed as is the greatest touchdown-interception ratio ever, maybe – you know, the greatest quarterback rating ever. And I think he, that's his little, I'm going to protect this because that's I'm going to go down as the greatest in that area. And, okay, cool. But, you know, to what your point is, it might cost you some big games. And you might not get to the NFC Championship because you're too conservative against the 49ers or might not get to that Super Bowl and win in the Super Bowl because of that same problem. Where were you giving me an applause for? I'm, 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 it's like, congratulations, Aaron Rodgers. You've got the highest touchdown-to-interception ratio in league history, something about which maybe four people give a crap. I, I, all that matters, it's a team sport premised on winning. You want to win football games. You want to marshal your talents with the goal in mind of doing everything you can to win games. And that's a wrinkle. And, and you know, I, I doubt that, that anyone else out there, and this is, I'm not taking credit for it. I'm, I'm giving you praise here. I don't think there's anybody out there who analyzes the game that has figured it out and is willing to say it. There may be others who have figured it out and they don't have the guts to say it because we have to tiptoe around the delicate genius that is Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, he's Aaron Rodgers. We can't, although more and more people are calling him out nowadays, but historically it's been an issue and up until the past couple of years everybody was afraid to say anything that may piss off Aaron Rodgers so credit to you for keeping it real it's why the folks in the UK love us by the way one specific person in the UK is about to love us even more because Andy from Broadstone right emailed while we were talking about the Amazon promotion or lack thereof for Thursday Night Football and he said it's a shame the power of the NFL has not influenced Amazon to include the game for Prime members in the UK. Andy, I've got great news for you. The game tonight, Chargers at Chiefs, will be played on this channel, Sky Sports NFL. You don't need Amazon. It's on TV wow. in the UK. Look at now you. Now you got to stay up late. you got to yeah. stay up late. Right. But it will be on. I, made, I sent a few texts. I pulled a few strings. And I got <laughs> the game on Sky Sports <laughs> NFL. Funny. Just for Andy. All right, let's take a break. Joe Burrow and the Bengals got off to a rough start. Can they turn it around this week? That's next here on PFT Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.